All right. Are you ready? I was born ready. I was ready before I was born. Well, then you were a precocious fetus. <laughs> I probably was. Wow. That is the most egotistical <laughs> thing you have ever said. <laughs> That's a pretty high bar. Good job, Danielle. <laughs> oh, you just topped it. Good job. <laughs> everybody and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Danielle. I'm Sam. And this is the podcast where one of us explains a weird piece of media that the other person's not familiar with. And I am unfamiliar with it today. As far as you know, you don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> Danielle, I just trust you so much that I'm uh-huh. willing to go blindly into your verbal arms as you lead me down this garden path. <laughs> okay. Do you write these things down before we start? No, but I just love mixing metaphors. <laughs> Unlike a baker, mixing ingredients, my ingredients are words, and my products are metaphors that make no sense. <laughs> okay. Well, that's <laughs> Sam, everybody. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. I'm out. <laughs> Today, we the are going to do... podcast ever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're going to do the 2000 sci-fi slasher horror film, Jason X. Cass, hoping we get to do this one. Yay, finally. I know, I've been, I've been saving it up. I, I did these notes many moons ago. So how much of this movie do you actually remember from when you first watched it? You know what? I watched this movie twice in a row. Wow. Well, I, t- I know, so that I could take notes. So first to make sure it was going to work, and then secondly to take notes. And it really and sticks in your head. third time, just for the sheer pleasure of Jason X. No, I'm, I'm hoping to never watch this movie again. <laughs> oh, wow, Danielle, that's harsh. I would watch it with a group. It'd be a fun group watch. All right. Well, I'm super excited. This has been on my radar, something I'd love to experience, but I'm not as much into horror as you, so I figured this would be your kind of thing more than mine. It is. I definitely am more into horror than you are. Though, is this horror? That's that's the question. <laughs> horror adjacent, I guess? Horror connected? I mean, you'll have to tell me, Danielle. Do you know anything about the Jason series, Sam? I know the basic story uh, from the first, uh, was it the Friday the 13th movie? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, he was a kid who drowned in a lake because the counselors were off having sex in a cabin. And so his mom <laughs> dressed up in a ugly sweater and murdered them as vengeance. Murdered other counselors at this Camp Crystal Lake as vengeance. Belated spoiler, everybody. Okay, well, yeah, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for spoiling, what is it? 40-year-old movie now? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty old. Yeah, okay. I mean, if the movie's older than I am, I'm not going to apologize for spoiling it, Daniel. <laughs> Continue on. And then, I don't know when this transition happened, but somehow between that movie and the second movie, it actually became Jason being the evil thing and not his mom, and I, I don't know anything after that. Yeah, somehow Jason just uh, lives on for 10 movies, X movies. I do know he took Manhattan at one point, and boy, <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. When you didn't see him wandering around the city. Do you happen to remember the name of the camp? Was it Camp Crystal Lake? I think I said that. Did you? Yeah. No. Well, there you go. Only because it comes up in this movie vaguely. Oh, okay. It's like, this is the space station named like the Crystal Lake Space Station? Uh, no, not exactly. Also, but... future spoiler, this is Jason X. <laughs> He's in space. I know that much. So I'm not <laughs> yeah, totally that's blind. That's all that Sam knows about that's this. That's literally we talked it, about it originally. Yeah, yeah. I know that's many, Jason in space. Many years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
I know it's Jason in space. I don't know what he's doing there or how he got there, but I know that he's really there. should be the tagline to this movie: Jason in space. <laughs> Jason in space. <laughs> yeah. Instead, the tagline is actually "Evil gets an upgrade." <laughs> that sounds like Jason in cyberspace. It's like Jason meets the lawnmower man. Well, you know what? It actually plays into this movie as well. Oh, boy. Stop teasing me. Let's get to it. Let me send you the summary really quick. It is an IMDb one-line summary that we're so fond of. Yeah. (laughs) I love them because they give nothing away, but somehow also encapsulate the movie perfectly. They're really a work of art. (laughs) Should tell whoever writes these. Dear IMDb summary writer. Probably an algorithm. All right. What you have sent me reads, Jason Voorhees returns with a new look, a new machete, and his same murderous attitude as he is awakened on a spaceship in the 25th century. (laughs) I appreciate the glow up that Jason apparently went through. It delights me. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate somebody really taking time to make themselves look good before they go out on a night in the town just stabbing astronauts, I guess. I guess so. All right, Daniel. Let's, I, I really need to know, how did Jason get to space? Tell me. Uh, great question. Okay. So. Yes. The movie opens <laughs> with one of those little things that goes across the screen, and it says, location, Crystal Lake Research Facility. What do you mean, little things that goes across the screen, Daniel? Like do you little- mean like a meteorite? <laughs> do you mean like a no. person? What do you mean? <laughs> the thing? words. Words appear on the screen, Sam. It's like they're being typed out. <laughs> you, sure, yes. Like they're, they're they're scrolling horizontally. Uh, something like that. I don't exactly remember, to be honest. This was okay, months ago. Okay, well, I'm glad you watched that movie so long ago before trying to summarize it for me. This is going to be great. <laughs> I only read through the first page of notes, too, so this should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're already at the Crystal Lake Research Center, already pandering to the fans. Love it. Yes. Um, I don't know exactly what happened between movie one and this movie, but it uh, does not matter. Is this... <laughs> Is Jason X the 10th movie, or is that just a... I think it's the 10th movie. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of movie you missed out on. (laughs) Jason, the 10th installment movie. (laughs) Well, someone will probably correct us if there's like an obscure spinoff, like Jason versus Freddy. Does that count? I don't know what the canon is for these things. Yeah, please correct us if this is not the 10th movie, but it is definitely far down the list. Like, it's it's close to the 10th movie if it's not the 10th. All right, great. Okay, so Crystal Lake Research Facility, we're three seconds into this movie. We're already off the rails. Let's go. (laughs) The subject is Jason Voorhees' status awaiting cryogenic suspension. What? That's what it says on the screen. (laughs) Okay, he's awaiting to be suspended. Cryogenically. Cryogenically, all right. All right. And he's chained up. You see him chained up with his hockey mask on, his infamous hockey mask. Oh, I get it. This is a solution to the Jason problem. They can't kill him because didn't they send him to hell once? He just came right back. Sure. Yeah. He's like basically somehow between the first and the 10th movie, he became basically invincible. Yeah. An immortal demon thing. And now they're like, well, if we can't kill him, let's freeze him and send him into space. This is basically the plot of a one Futurama episode where they send garbage on a rocket out of Earth. He's like, no, nah, we don't want to deal with it. That's sort of the plot, but not really. You're close, though. You're very close. Okay, great. (laughs) So he's chained up, and he's with his hockey mask, and there's one lone guard in this whole, like, warehouse room for him. I don't know. how many do you need? It's Joey Jason. (laughs) I don't know. But he looks super bored. He's just chilling. 
And the guard kind of looks over at him. You can tell he's tired of watching him. And he and he goes and throws a blanket on top of him. Like, I don't want to look at you anymore. Well, that's a mistake. Uh, it, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and in walks a bunch of government-suited people. Like, they clearly are from the government. Sure. And they're walking through the hallways. And this woman, her name's Rowan, she asks them what they're doing there. And they say that they're there for Jason. Oh, are they there to, like, congratulate him on his medal for most teenage stabbings? Yes, that. Okay. <laughs> She's like, you can't have him. He's being prepped for cryogenic stasis. And the guy is like, well, we want him soft. We went over your head. Um, soft Ew. meaning a not cryogenically frozen, I, I got that. I assume. It's so a gross <laughs> phrase. <laughs> it was. I know. I, I put it in quotes just because it creeped me out. I want Jason soft serve. Yeah. And the guy says, his unique ability to regenerate lost and damaged tissue, it cries of more research. So he's like a lizard. Yeah, he basically is a lizard. <laughs> Got it. Jason the lizard. So far, so good. <laughs> and she's worried he'll kill more people. Rightly so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Uh, this is the classic, like, meddling government doesn't trust the scientists. Yep, exactly. So she's like, he's going to kill more people when he's being transferred, and the, the suit guy doesn't care. Of course not. So they go pull the blanket off of him, and surprise, it's the guard. <laughs> Wow, Jason's a real Houdini here to switcheroo. You don't ever see that. I think because they knew there was no way he was actually getting out of that. So they just like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we're just going to like show it behind the scenes. And so Jason's loose, obviously. Yeah. And everybody pretty promptly dies. <laughs> okay, so he just Except slashes. Except for Rowan. Rowan oh. is alive. Well, I mean, I think Jason has a soft spot for trees. Yes, that must be it. <laughs> this is one, his one fault. He has a soft spot for trees. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> so Rowan runs to the cryostasis chamber and she props the door open. And I think her plan is to somehow lure him towards it. Oh, like a cat into a cat yeah. <laughs> And so she kind of is like, there's this kind of a fight scene, chase scene, and she ends up shotgunning him into the the open door. So he like falls back into it and she locks the door. Uh-huh. Does she freeze him? Please let me say she freezes him. So as she's, she pressed, this is the stupidest thing. So she's pressed against the glass. She looks in to make sure he's in there. I don't know why she does this. Just push the button. And, yeah. And somehow he stabs this knife through the door. Oh. Which is like a huge, like, really yeah. thick metal door. I, I'm assuming he's just in his trademark machete. Yeah, it's a, yeah, maybe. It might be a, just a regular knife at that point. Maybe he picked it up. I don't remember. All I know, Danielle, is doors are notoriously stabbable, especially in research <laughs> facilities. We yes. all know this. This is common knowledge. <laughs> So it stabs through the door, it goes into her stomach, and the chamber is breached, but she pushes a button and it holds, and he is frozen while he's in there. And then she dies, I presume? Uh, basically, yes. What do you mean, basically? <laughs> You'll see in a moment. Oh, does she get frozen too and resurrected with him? Uh, not exactly. Sort of, maybe. We'll see. Hang in there, Sam. <laughs> you sound more there. confused about this movie than I do. <laughs> So the movie fast forwards and it, it it starts up again in the year 2455. What year were we in to start with? I don't know. Modern day, it didn't say. Okay. And so Earth has been abandoned and there are these wow. archaeologists in Bleak. trench coats. I know. <laughs> these archaeologists in trench coats and gas masks and the area is frozen like the... The whole space that they're in, the Camp Crystal Lake Research Facility. Oh, so they're in the Camp Crystal Lake Research Facility. It's all frozen over. Basically. Is this basically like After Earth with less Will Smith and more stabbing? Yes. Cool. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> that movie would have been better with more stabbing. I can't deny that. I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of things that could have made that movie better. So they find the chamber and they open it and they're shocked, just shocked to see a humanoid with such an odd composition that's also in a hockey mask. <laughs> well, the hockey mask is for style, Danielle. We told you he got a glow up, I guess. Yeah, there's actually a whole conversation about like the hockey mask because apparently hockey's not a sport anymore. I, I'm okay with that. I, nothing <laughs> against hockey or any other sport, but like if the worst case scenario is in 500 years, hockey isn't a thing, but the humanity still survives. That's not the worst trade. Okay. Don't like all the Midwestern people and Canadians, please don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I said hockey's fine. I'm just saying I would trade hockey for humanity's future. I like hockey. But I like hockey sure. too, Danielle. Yes, but for humanity's future versus hockey, I yeah. guess hockey can yeah, go. <laughs> I don't think like, well, no, we can't let the human race survive without hockey. It's all pointless. <laughs> well, I don't think that there's a choice. Like, I don't think they went like, okay, either the humans can survive or Where are they going to play ice live. hockey, Danielle, if they've abandoned Earth? I don't know. In exactly. Space, there aren't any Ice hockey in space? <laughs> space is at a premium in space. Haha. <laughs> but they don't have room for ice rings. There's a lot of empty space and a lot of energy to keep ice frozen. Let's Maybe let's it's be a practical. cold planet. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't okay. matter. <laughs> there's also it's also established that there's like an android in their little group, which sort of comes into play. Okay. And they find Rowan's body, and even though Rowan got stabbed and was bleeding out, they can bring her back. Yay! Oh, they can resurrect her, like a Fifth they Element can, style thing. But they can't bring back Jason. Jason is dead. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's what they how say. Is, how is the person who got stabbed but not cryogenically frozen the one they can revive, but the one who was cryogenically frozen and not stabbed the one they can't save? I don't know, but they can't. <laughs> Apparently, Jason's not somebody they can they can bring back to life, but we all know that's a lie. <laughs> all right. So, I, let me understand the, the 25th century. <laughs> Spaceships, cool. Abandon Earth, cool. No hockey. Stab wounds, not a problem. Freezer burn, big problem. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I, maybe they explain it more in the film. <laughs> all right. Well, I think I've got a handle on this future, Danielle, and it's looking bleaker <laughs> by the day. So there's a skater dude. He's in the group. <laughs> Where's he skating? Where they have skate rinks? He doesn't have a skateboard. He just is that vibe. Like the oh, skater okay. dude I like, vibe. I just want to see this guy skateboarding down the halls of a cramped spaceship. He just every okay, so everything in this movie is very 2001, considering it's in <laughs> space, which I'll get to a little bit later. But this guy is like the epitome of 2001 skater dude. Great. So he immediately touches something in the room. It's not really clear what, but it kind of sticks to his hand and he's trying to like get it, break it off on the door frame near Jason. And he accidentally knocks into Jason <laughs> And Jason falls forward with his giant machete knife uh -huh. and accidentally chops off his arm, Jeez. which I thought was really funny. Jason is so dangerous, even when frozen. <laughs> I know. So they seal off his arm. They put like a little, I don't know, like a pad over it. It seals it off so it's not bleeding. And they uh, airlift all the bodies out to their ship. The, is he, is he nonplussed about losing the arm? Is that just like, oh, we can regrow that? Not a big He's deal. He's freaking out, but all the rest of the staff are like, you're fine. Calm down. <laughs> okay. So there's a bunch of character introductions. I am not going to get into them. There's like 20 characters on the spaceship. There are a lot of people on the spaceship. They're all just <laughs> fodder. I don't care. Yeah, they are. The guy in charge of the ship is Professor Lowe. He's important. And he's basically Paul Reiser from Aliens. Oh, okay. He's got that vibe. All right. Digging it. Yeah. And everybody, as I said, is in knitwear. So all the girls are in like crop tops and 2000 pants. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I don't know why they thought space looked like 2000. <laughs> now, Danielle, 
I'm no astronaut. I've never been to space. But my understanding is that crop tops are not practical in the environment where heat is generally lost quite easily into the void. Well, apparently their spaceship is fine. <laughs> okay. Great. That's what we learn. <laughs> well, I'm glad crop tops survived, if not ice hockey. And knitwear. Remember, the future has crocheted tops. Well, yeah, do something to pass the time while in space, Danielle. Why not knit? <laughs> That's exactly what they're doing in all their spare time. So they put the skater guy on a table and it has like these magic vine things that crawl over his arm where his arm should be and they like regenerate it. And meanwhile, they're studying Jason and there's a there's a blonde scientist who is like super into it. She's really excited about it. And she is in charge of these two younger mini scientists i don't know what, like they're excuse clearly excuse me <laughs> they're, they're like scientists juniors <laughs> like interns trainees yeah interns that's the word i was looking for <laughs> i like how you went to mini scientists like they're somehow shrunk <laughs> danielle this is you gotta play yourself together come on <laughs> Okay, well, intern scientists, and they're clearly like super into each other, and they start making out, and she gets really annoyed at them and sends them out. Why? They're making out in the middle of the room while they're- Okay, they're just, yeah, I don't know, Sam. It's because it's a horror movie, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's just unprofessional. (laughs) So, well, she sends them out. So she takes out one of Jason's eyes. She's like deep, whatever deconstructing his body and she drops it into a container filled with what it seems to be liquid nitrogen i don't know does it freeze in there danielle uh, yeah the like eye? it has yeah it has like that whole effect that they always have with liquid nitrogen in movies so did they unfreeze him so she could take his eye out and refreeze it <laughs> i don't know i don't know what she's doing <laughs> <laughs> i'm so confused nothing she does makes sense she's okay. just like poking at the body it's supposed to look cool i think this is the equivalent of a kid like finding a dead squirrel and just jabbing it with a stick oh, i'm doing science <laughs> that's gross thank you for that well, so we've put- all seen being there <laughs> So they put Rowan on the table, and little nanobugs go all over her, and they revitalize her, so she wakes up. Wait, she wakes up? Rowan, the the girl, oh, the woman who stabbed Jason earlier. they put Rowan Jason on the table. Earlier, right. I got her confused with the scientist him. lady. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you, these characters are hard. I don't remember the scientist lady's name. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she wakes up, and they explain to her that she's been dead for 400 years. So she also gets some 2000s knitwear to wear. So she looks the part. Okay. So she's like, you've been dead for 400 years. Here's some clothing that you would have recognized. Yes. And she doesn't ask about Jason yet, which seems perplexing to me because you think as soon as you woke up from being stabbed by Jason, you would be like, where's Jason? (laughs) Yeah. Where's the guy who stabbed me? Is he on the spaceship? Because that's a bad idea. (laughs) Yes. Which we we get into shortly. Good. So Professor Lowe is excited. He might be making some money because he found these, you know, these things, these people. He's now revitalized somebody, 400-year-old body. And that makes him money how? Uh, I guess you can like sell it to sell the story, show them, take them on a tour. I don't know, Sam, (laughs) but apparently it's a big deal because they've never found a 400-year-old person that they've like turned into a real person again. Okay, well, oh, your language is like, this is not Pinocchio, <laughs> where they come like, she wants to be a real boy, so she wishes herself from okay, her first. I'm not explaining things well, but you know what? <laughs> so this is this is the first time they found a body this old that they've been managed to revitalize into like modern day. Okay. And so, so he's excited about it because he thinks he's going to make some money off of this. Somehow he's going to make money. We don't know how. Well, 
sell the story. I don't know. Turn her over to science. I'm not sure. But the point is, he thinks, okay, it's not my fault that this movie does not delve into how all of this world works, Sam. You can just say the movie does not mention how he's going to make money, but you you insist that there's a reason that you keep making up. (laughs) Well, it kind of makes sense in the movie. So, you know, or I just went along with it and I thought it made sense. If it made sense in the movie, and yeah, why can't you tell me why it makes sense now? I don't know. But the person that he's talking to is like, it's not that big of a deal. You're not going to make a lot of money off of this. So they're on your side, Sam. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I'm represented at least. He's like, reanimated people aren't that big. Apparently, dime a dozen. (laughs) Kind of, at this point, I guess. So the guy is looking at the reports, and he's like, the guy he's talking to, and he says, oh, one's named Voorhees, and he asks if it's Jason Voorhees. And for some reason, yeah, they both know that Jason Voorhees, I guess he's lived down in infamy into 400 years in the future. If humanity had one confirmed demon person coming back to life that murdered, I think that legend would survive. I guess so. And so apparently Jason would be worth a fortune if that's who this is. Oh, so it's all about them Benjamins, which don't exist probably in the future. (laughs) Probably not. So... One of the girls on board, one of the women on board, shows up with some alcohol to the Dr. Lowe. Is it alcohol as in the cleaning solution or the drink? Uh, alcohol as in drinking. Okay. I don't, she's a scientist working in a medical lab. I don't know. If like, oh, you got to sanitize the body first or something. I should preface this by saying that there's a lot of unnecessary sexual scenes in this movie. And I have no problems with sex in movie. But because this is like a slasher horror film yeah. and kind of a dumb one, they really went to town with the sexual Well, scenes. they had to do something to entice the target audience. I guess so. So she shows up with some alcohol, drinking alcohol, and some like nipple clamps. <laughs> And wow. says that they need I told you. And this says that she needs to talk about her midterm. And so so begins a series of sexual encounters and nudity that didn't actually need to be seen on screen. So she goes to the other scientist lady and she's like, hey, if I put these nipple clamps on you, will you give me a better grade? It's not to science's lady. It's Dr. Lowe, the guy that oh, was on the phone. Oh, so she goes to the other. I'm sorry. You said the doctor. I didn't know which doctor you were talking about. Well, one's a scientist who might also be a doctor, I assume, but they never <laughs> reference her as a doctor. <laughs> so think. she goes to Dr. Lowe and says, let me put these nipple clamps on you and I'll get a better grade. Yes. Cool. Essentially. <laughs> I guess I work in academia, that has never happened, and I certainly hope it never does happen, and it would never work if it did. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just for the, just for everybody's uh, awareness, that would never work on Sam. All I'm saying is, don't follow their example. Don't go to your professor or your teacher and try to say, hey, I got nipple clamps, give me a better grade. That's not going to work. That's a bad <laughs> well, idea. Well, this, apparently. Well, maybe in 500 years things change, but today... <laughs> So, meanwhile, the blonde doctor scientist cuts off... Dr. Scientist, that's her name. (laughs) Dr. Scientist. Cuts off the hockey mask, and she sees this disfigured face below. All right. So, his face is used to hockey mask. That's new. Yeah. As she's microscoping... um, Nice verb. And just... And yeah, she's microscoping with her like her gloves on and her crop top, which kills me. (laughs) Does she wear a lab coat at least? I don't recall. Safety goggles? No, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just a crop top, but I could be wrong. Uh, At least she's wearing gloves. Yeah. So she turns around a few times because she keeps thinking she's hearing noises. And then, of course, Jason starts moving. Okay. So now we're all freaking out, you know, as an audience. He's alive. I mean, it was never a surprise, Danielle. No, it's not. (laughs) And then there's that couple that was making out earlier, the mini scientists. Right, the interns, the mini scientists, the (laughs) mini tists. 
they're having sex and one of the yep. orgasms like echoes through the the ship does that thing that they always do in movies where it, like gets bigger and bigger and jason would you say you, you sorry so they're having sex one of the orgasm echoes through the chamber of the the, the spaceship uh-huh. and jason sits up and it makes it look like the orgasm like woke him up <laughs> well we all know laugh. Ironically, he has a boner for killing people having sex. That's true. That's I'll why, see I assume out. that's why they're all having sex in this movie, so that they can die. Right. That's the whole morality tale of the first movie, and they just have to keep everything from the first movie to keep the fans happy. I would say that's the morality tale of most slasher flicks from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, absolutely. So... He's, so he sits up as if it awoke him, and then he immediately attacks the doctor scientist. Aw, I liked I her. She was, a, she was so scientific. <laughs> I know. It was kind of sad when she got attacked. So the room is apparently soundproof because nobody hears, and they're next door. Wait, so they heard the orgasm come into the room, but none of her screams <laughs> escaped the room. I don't know if they actually heard the orgasm so much as it just like echoed dramatically, and then he sat up. So, so we th- heard it, but he sat up simultaneously, and it was just for an effect. Yeah, probably. Okay. Great. I mean, I don't know. It's not clear in the movie, but we're assuming that maybe I'm they didn't assume all hear it. In the twenty fifth cent whatever it is, <laughs> that they have invented one way soundproofing. Yes, apparently. And apparently this lab is soundproof for some bizarre reason. One way only. Got it. Yes. <laughs> So then, so Jason attacks her and he shoves her face into the liquid nitrogen and her Aww. face freezes. And then for good measure, he bashes her head against the table and it breaks. Well, I mean, <laughs> points for style. Death. I know. That's this whole movie is just points for style. Like, it's all he does. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> So he picks up this giant blade that's on the table. I do not know what she was using this blade for. It looks a whole lot like a giant machete. <laughs> it's his upgraded machete that the, the description mentioned. That's exactly what happened. So Jason's loose, obviously, as we all saw coming. Oh, Jason's that's what loose we paid space. for, Danielle. We didn't come to this movie to see Jason frozen <laughs> on a slab for two hours. That would been pretty funny, though. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so Rowan is up and around. She's talking to Professor Lowe. I guess his sexual exploits are over. She says that she was in charge of the team monitoring Jason Voorhees, who the professor pretends not to know. Jason, never heard of him. Yeah. So she kind of gives the backstory. Like, we killed him for the first time in 2008, which I guess was one of the movies. Now you know. Um <laughs> But then they couldn't kill him, obviously, so they decided to cryogenically freeze him. And she still doesn't ask where he is or what he's doing, <laughs> which... Maybe she assumes that he's still dead? I don't know why she would assume that when they know that they can't kill him. Why would she assume that they unfroze him? I don't know. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> so she meets the, the rest of the cast. We learn that this one guy, Sinaron is the android programmer and the android believes herself to be real of course oh um, it's a female android it is a female android that's never a good sign in in (laughs) sci-fi like this Uh, it doesn't go too far into it. This doesn't actually like give you character depth. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I was gonna be like, is this gonna be like one of those nineteen forties, fifties sci-fi, which is like, no, the sexual politics of this is extremely questionable. I mean, yes, a little bit, but it doesn't go into it because it, it no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> it's great, used great. more like as a joke as opposed to an actual concept. Okay. Whew. I know. So a crew member comes in with Jason's actual knife and asks Professor Lowe where he wants it. And Rowan is suddenly like, whoa, 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 where did you get Jason's machete from? (laughs) Good question. And they explain that he's on board with them. And 
she is shocked and appalled and she does not believe he is actually dead because they tell him that oh it's fine he's dead yeah no doubt i want to see him and surprise he's not dead of course not (laughs) so they announce over the speaker that he's on the loose and that they need to get to their posts and the the sex couple the kids annoyed get up the boy opens the door and jason stabs him immediately and he's hauled off never to be seen again (laughs) Aww. I had such high hope for this mini-scientist, he'd eventually be a maxi-scientist. <laughs> nope. Everybody dies. <laughs> As usual. Spoiler. I know. Sorry. So security crew is led by Sergeant Brodsky, and they're on the move. So meanwhile, we see some dudes with tactical gear, and they're searching an abandoned space in the spaceship, and they're promptly attacked by monsters. And then it's Wait, clear that they're in- Yay, Monsters? Hang in there. Okay. It's just going to explain. It's suddenly clear that they're in some kind of simulation. Uh, holodeck. Yeah, basically. And Jason appears and they think he's part of the game. <laughs> Shocker. He is not part of the game. No, he does not play games. <laughs> so they try to pause it, but it doesn't work. And Jason ends up killing them in the simulation and it fades. And they're just sitting in their like VR spaces and Jason's still there. And they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> So they die. <laughs> yeah, no people doubt. that didn't have names. <laughs> what was the point of this scene? Just I don't to show know. There's people just dying. So many, yeah, there's – well, this kind of comes into play a little bit later, but it's – mostly it's just people dying. There's a lot of people dying. Does Rowan eventually use the simulator to trick Jason in the climax? I'm not going to tell you that. Okay. Because otherwise this is the worst checkoff simulator I've ever heard. <laughs> It'd be pretty funny though if it never came back. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, I guess some guy's dying in a simulator. Moving on. <laughs> I would not. I would give this movie. I would say that this is likely in this movie. It's just to show stuff and never have it come back into play. <laughs> so back in the rest of the ship, Professor Lowe is trying to tell him that Solaris is coming up, and it's some kind of like home base system that they can get to, and they'll take care of Jason for them. But Brodsky, that's the sergeant who is in charge of the security crew, he is moving forward to kill off Jason. That's his his goal. Sure. And so Dr. Lowe tries to buy off Brodsky to keep Jason alive. Because Did he, he offer him nipple clamps? He, no. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed to be a currency around here. I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't, he just, he's like, I'll give you tons of money if you don't kill Jason, basically. He wants Jason alive because he'll get money from Jason. He's like, no, we got to kill him. Exactly. Okay. And so he's like, no, we got to kill Jason because he's killing our crew, which is the correct answer. Yeah, but also, there's no chance he's going to kill Jason. Uh, No, but he might play a pivotal role in Jason not murdering everybody. I'm just saying his hubris (laughs) is impressive. So, but they don't really know that right now. I don't think Brodsky knows anything about Jason. Why would he think some crazy guy would not be killable? Because the legend, apparently they all know who Jason is. Well, only a few did. I don't think everybody on the ship knows. Okay, well, I misunderstood that. So... Brodsky agrees and then sends Lowe back to his students. And when he greets his team, because he's doing like a prep, like, okay, this is what we're going to do to try and kill off Jason. When he sends them off, he he tells them he promised Lowe he'd try to keep Jason alive. But no, let's just blow the sucker up and let's say we tried to keep him alive and it didn't work out. (laughs) Right answer. I know. I like Brodsky. So this engineer, his name is Crutch, he's working and apparently not heeding the murder on the loose call. <laughs> like he's just ignoring it. <laughs> so the last speaker goes, there's a murder on the loose. He's killing people. He's like, yeah, I'll just keep putting that nine to five in, get that grind. Yes, that's basically exactly what's happening. And at the last minute, Jason Voorhees, of course, is like creeping up on him and he's saved by Brodsky and the team who shoot Jason a lot. Riddle him with bullets. Well, and that's Jason a mistake. Just he has to make him angry. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, he did not die. He just disappears. So Brodsky's team is trying to hunt down Jason, and Jason starts picking them off one by one. Ooh. He, one of the guys manages to get up on Jason, and he machine guns him onto this this hook that's kind of hanging there. He, like, hooks him onto the hook so he's suspended up above in the air. Uh, he shoots him with a machine gun so he stumbles back onto a hook. Basically. And kind of, okay. he, like, attaches him on there. So he's he's hanging onto this hook, and the guy's like, oh, I got him, everybody. Like, we're good. He's, he's stuck. He can't get off this hook, and I machine gunned him, so he's definitely, like, I'm, I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gonna die. And Brodsky is like, do not take your eyes off of him. And the guy immediately turns around Why? and takes his eyes off of him. It's like, Why? oh, it's fine. Jason won't go anywhere. And then Jason somehow miraculously disappears off the hook and the guy dies. <laughs> yep. You know what? You should have listened to your commanding officer, I know. Idiot. So he deserved to die a little bit. A little bit. So Brodsky is now the last one left of his original crew. He's like backed up against a wall. He's trying to, to avoid Jason. And Jason ends up shoving his hand through a wall to grab him and stab him through the chest. So he shoves his hand through a wall and then stabs him with the hand he shoved through the wall? And stabs him with the knife that he has. Remember, he took that yeah, big Yeah, I'm trying to say, but was it in the hand he shoved through the wall? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, so he stabbed through the- I told you, walls very stabbable. Walls and doors. Yeah, we, we know this from movies. We know this from earlier in this movie. It's clearly- <laughs> they, they laid out the rules, Danielle. They made it very clear. Machete beats wall slash door. Yes, and how they could just punch through all the, the walls with machetes. Yeah. And Brodsky is like, it's going to take more than a poke in the ribs to take down this old dog. And then Jason <laughs> stabs him again. <laughs> Fair. That's a fair response. <laughs> and then Brodsky is like, yeah, that ought to do it. And then he seems to die. <laughs> I like it. It's actually him. really funny. <laughs> Such a good character. Aww. Yeah. And Crutch, the clueless engineer, makes it back to the main base. And Professor Lowe is trying to give a speech, you know, like, oh, it'll be fine. They're highly prepared for Jason on Solaris. We just have to make it there. So they're about to reach Solaris, and the navigator is talking to the base, telling them, like, we're in real trouble. But before he can say what the trouble is, he's killed. <laughs> Wait, did Jason get to the bridge? Yeah, he's just somehow magically everywhere, saying it's like every slasher flick in the entire world. They just somehow are all the places at the same time. <laughs> we know that Jason teleports. Right. Does it have exactly the, uh, what happens. the soundtrack, the... Yeah, it's in the background, like all yeah. the Jason movies. Hmm. Good. <laughs> yeah. So now they don't have a navigator, and the ship is like doesn't slow down, and it promptly crashes into Solaris. So the and navigator just is killed, and no one's like, no, I should push the brakes. Well, they don't. Like it's up in another part. Everybody is locked into with Professor Lowe into the rest of the ship. So I left the navigator alone at the helm. Yep, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, these guys are not very bright for doctor scientists. <laughs> And Professor Lowe is like, oh, Solaris is fine. Like, it's totally fine. And they all turn around and, and like, we'll just turn around and we'll go back in the ship. And then Solaris immediately blows up. <laughs> so they crash and they get off the ship. No, they don't get off the ship. They just like crash in Solaris and keep going on the ship. So like, it skips off of Solaris? It basically, like it kind of like hits it off to the side and the space station. Solaris- like, the space station's fine. Oh, it's a it's space like station. A, yeah, it's like basically like space station. I so didn't they- explain it very well earlier. That was my words weren't working well. <laughs> So they are flying towards a space station. Their navigator is murdered because they left them alone with the killer on the loose. Uh-huh. They skip off a of Solaris, like ran into it. But they're like, it's fine. We'll just turn around and go back to it. However, that impact was enough to blow up the space station, yeah. but leave their little ship intact. Yes. Works for me. 
<laughs> you can't question the science in this movie, Sam. <laughs> I can. I won't get any satisfactory answers, but I can. Uh, let's see what's happening on the ship. So there's this girl, the girl <laughs> that me. was having <laughs> the the mini scientist, the one that didn't die, the girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's having she's like having a mental breakdown. She's not taking this well. There's a lot of screaming. She's actually super obnoxious. <laughs> and <laughs> because and because they did hit Solaris, their ship is not doing super well. So they set up a distress beacon. Well, no, duh. And Professor Lowe is like, we'll be fine, which he just keeps saying. We'll get rescued. He won't get in here. Like, we're going to make it out. It'll be fine. He's and then, optimist. of course, immediately the door starts getting banged on by Jason. He's trying just to get into the room. Just through. We know that doors are weak to his machete. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do it in this case. Oh, he likes the tension, I guess. Yeah, but the, the banging on the door immediately stops, and then Jason breaks through the window on the other side of the room, and Wait, everybody runs. You mean like there's a window, I'm assuming, out into space? No, it's like a it's like a window separating some of the rooms or something, so oh. he just breaks through one room into the other room. So he bangs on a door, and then immediately when he stops banging on the door, he teleports to the window and smashes yes. through it. <laughs> exactly what happens. So, for some reason, he didn't start at the window, but okay. No, but he just wanted to freak him out. Oh, okay. He's playing games. Again, appreciate the style that Jason has. Yeah, I don't th- I don't know if he's really playing games. Like, he acts more like a machine in this. Like, he's just like, okay, I've got to kill everybody on the ship, and that's my, my number one goal. Must kill. Oh. See, I, I appreciate that Jason had kind of a personality in the first one. Yeah, he doesn't have much of a personality in this. He's just yeah. a killing machine, quite literally. All right, well... I guess he's fulfilling his primary objective. Yeah. It's actually interesting, I think, in terms of like, it makes it more of a a boring story because the bad guy is just intent on killing as many people as possible, but there doesn't seem to be any like overly thought out plan or like reasoning in place. And I do realize this is like potentially the 10th movie of a long (laughs) strand of movies. Right. And I'm sure the writers put minimum effort into this movie. Yes, they 100% did. No offense to the writers of this movie. (laughs) Oh, it sounds like it's fun, but I wouldn't call it a masterpiece. (laughs) No. But I get that. Like if the killer is just this unstoppable machine that just seems to be going at random, there's not a lot of like interest. There's not a lot of story to keep you like, it's just like a bunch of like little set pieces that he moves through killing and then moves on. You have no connection to them or the characters. Yeah. So it becomes more about like, okay, who's he going to kill next and how is he going to kill them as opposed to like an actual plot? So more like a kind of a final destination. How is he going to Rube Goldberg this murder? Yeah. Except you don't even care about the characters that much. In Final Destination, at least you like kind of (laughs) cared. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's what I don't like about this movie, but it is a fun watch. Right. Okay. So the characters don't matter. So when they die, you don't care, but you don't care about when they survive either. Makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, basically. And so the window breaks open, everybody runs for it, and they do all make it out. But Professor Lowe is stuck inside the room. Oh, no. Not Professor I Lowe. Know. The guy the I like guy the most. The terrible guy who's trying to yeah. keep the murderer alive. Really so wanted him to survive. <laughs> Oh, I'm so distressed. So he tries to convince Jason that they could make a ton of money. He's like trying to bargain with them, which I think is hilarious because again, as I just mentioned, Jason is a killing machine. He does not care. No, he's like, I'll give you lots of money. Jason's just like, does he have his hockey mask back on at this point? Um, yes. Is his eye still missing that the one Dr. Scientist pulled out? I don't know. That's a great question. Because <laughs> then his, his, he doesn't have, what's he doesn't have a lot of, um, now, now I've got your disease of brain dead. <laughs> it's catching. I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of death perception then in this case, which is <laughs> no, all the seem more to impressive. <laughs> yeah. So 
But my point is, what about Jason's actions make Dr. Lowe think that anything he says is going to have any impact on him? I don't think he does. I think it's just like a last ditch attempt to not die. Desperation? Yeah, basically. Like, oh, I can, it's a human. I can can argue with him and maybe we can actually make an agreement, but he doesn't realize that Jason's just going to like kill him. His mistake (laughs) was, should have offered Jason the nipple clamps. Yes, (laughs) that must have been it. He just didn't realize. (laughs) Why were the nipple clamps mentioned in the first place? They're not going to come back then. They're like the simulation room. They have to come back as a purpose. Maybe he should have given him a tree. (laughs) A tree, yes. (laughs) I have a lovely tree. I know that you have a soft spot for them. That probably would have worked too. Just as much chance as the nipple clamps. <laughs> <laughs> We're really focusing on the weirdest stuff in this one. <laughs> so Jason reaches past him and retrieves – retrieves <laughs> – Jason reaches past him and retrieves his machete that's on the council, like his original machete. Aw, reunited. And Lo, this is it's a great scene actually. Lo is like, it's okay, everybody. It's fine. He just wanted his machete. <laughs> <laughs> Lo's an idiot. <laughs> and then you hear this distant scream. <laughs> oh. it's, it's a pretty good line. <laughs> it's a great line. It's almost as good as, that'll do it. <laughs> There's a couple of good lines in this movie. The crew decides that they should take the shuttle off the ship, which is probably a smart idea at this point. It's basically the alien solution. <laughs> yeah, basically. And so Crutch and one of the crew go to the bridge to start the launch. And Sunaran, who's the android programmer and the android, go back to pack up guns while the girls start the launch list. And the android and him are talking, and the, he, she's like, we have a 12% chance of survival. And the Sunaran gets mad, asking her if there's really no way to better their odds. <laughs> and then they make out, because, sure. <laughs> uh, is that how they better their odds? I'm confused. <laughs> Yeah, and then the android says the probability just went up to 53%. And the doctor is like, do you want to try for 100? And then they continue making out. I don't know how that betters their odds, Sam. I don't know if that betters their odds at all, but I appreciate the line. That's a great line. <laughs> so, maybe, yeah, that's a thing. Maybe the android – does she know she's the android at this point? Because she said she didn't know she was an android. Uh, I think she thinks she's human. She knows she's an android. It's just that she thinks she's like a human android. As a – what what is it? What I don't know. <laughs> she's like she's aware she's an android, but she acts and thinks she's like humanoid. She's humanoid. She's a humanoid android. I know, but I, she she acts like she's a human. Like she's like I have emotions like a human. I am a human, but she also knows she has android parts. She's basically one of those. The line is blurry. When you make an android, it's basically the same thing. Okay, yes. fine, whatever. Point is, I think maybe she's just like super into this guy. She's like, how can I? Get him to make out with me before I die. Well, let me tell him that doing so will save his life. Yes, that's quite possible. Let me tell you, Danielle, that line has never worked for me in a bar. Do you (laughs) want to increase your chance of survival? 12% right now. We can make it better. (laughs) Maybe you should be an android. Gosh, if only. I've had that thought. (laughs) Anyway... Rowan's picked up a gun. She's convinced she knows how to use because I guess they haven't changed gun designs in 400 years. <laughs> well, they haven't changed fashion design, so why guns? Yeah, why not? So she tells the the whiny one, the whiny mini scientist, right. um, that if she keeps whining, she's going to kill her. <laughs> Fair. And she sees someone at the end of this dark hallway. They're like wandering through the ship trying to get everything prepared for the launch. And she sees someone at the end of this hallway that she thinks is alive, like a body. And so she sends everybody off to the shuttle and she's like, I'm going to go find this, find out who's down there and see if we can get them onto the ship. Oh, why? You go off alone. (laughs) 
So she finds it's Brodsky and she Aww. finds Brodsky, but she can't get him into the shuttle by himself. He's this big burly dude. And she just and, can't lift him. Got it. Yeah. And she goes to call for help. And so Crutch and the crew are on the bridge and they find a t- uh, torn apart navigator and Crutch says he's seen worse in the Microsoft conflict. Okay. <laughs> which- Wait, when you say navigator, you mean the person? The person, the navigator. Okay. Sorry, that was not clear. Yes, yeah, they so they find him. He's like all torn apart, and Crutch is like, "Oh yeah, I've seen worse in the Microsoft conflict," which has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was really funny. It's a good line. I'm still hung <laughs> with the fact that why was the navigator on the shuttle if he's supposed to be flying the ship? Um, he's on the bridge of the ship, so they're trying to get this stuff together so that they can launch the shuttle. Oh, uh, I thought they were going off to the shuttle. They are doing that, but first they have to do all the launch sequence stuff okay. so that they can get to the shuttles. So they go to the bridge, they find the navigator who's been torn apart, and the other dude's like, eh, Microsoft conflict was worse, which, yes. good line. <laughs> and the whiny girl apparently also knows how to navigate, so she suddenly has a moment of clarity and intelligence and I'm glad she's has a role totally on the useless. ship, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and so she gets the shuttle set up to launch. I was hoping she'd just be like Sigourney Weaver in Galaxy Quest. <laughs> she just repeats the lines of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> That's like her whole job. Yeah. I have one job on this ship. <laughs> thank you, Danielle. But yes, I just, yeah. Yeah, the, those, it's, like, it's I, a great I, line. <laughs> it is a great line. Not relevant, but just saying. <laughs> I was hoping she'd be like that kind of semi-useless person that seems to exist in a lot of sci-fi, again, often for terrible gender politics reasons. Yeah, I thought that was her, that apparently she now knows how to navigate. So good right. on her, I guess. Breaking the mold. Some layers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the crew members leave Crutch to go help Rowan get Brodsky because she's, you know, asking for help. But when they arrive back where Brodsky was, he's not there anymore. Dun, dun, dun. And Crutch is alone on the ship and or on the bridge, and to no surprise, he immediately gets killed by Jason. <laughs> Man, why doesn't Jason just show up a little early when everyone's on the bridge? I don't know. He could have killed everybody in one foul swoop. Maybe it's more fun to just kind of, you know, well, keep it going. Maybe his programming for his killing machine algorithm doesn't let him kill too fast. Yeah. So the whiny girl kind of sees all this go down, and she's sobbing in her brief moment of she's just nearby and a brief moment of intelligence like flickers off and she won't open the door to let them back into the the bridge area well jason's in there with her uh no he's gone now he just like disappeared (laughs) oh so she's in there with the other guy jason appears she's in the same spot i think she's somewhere else and she starts to freak out about like him dying how did she know he died Uh, Maybe she went up. I don't remember, Sam. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. I'm sorry. I did not write that down. It didn't seem important at the time. (laughs) For like how she knows he died and has a mental breakdown, but doesn't get killed herself. That just happens. I don't know if she's actually in the same room as him or if she comes up with the party later and sees him and it just like freaks out all over again. But she's up with the party. She locked them out and she goes in, freaks out. They're all with her. Yeah, so she's like somehow she's in another room to like, I don't know if she goes in first or whatever, but she... um, or if she's maybe next door to the space where Crutch was, because she was working on the navigation systems earlier. Okay, so you can look into the window or something, whatever. Yeah, and so anyway, she's freaking out. Somebody she out won't... there, please tweet what the heck happened here, because I, de- I need a Sam solution. Sam apparently needs to know. Well, I need to know some kind of coherence over how she survived and is freaking out when he didn't. And they then she managed the to lock space, everyone else out. I'm pretty out. sure. It's not okay. like he skipped over her and killed the other guy. That's I what think I'm she saying. Just... I think she just like oversaw it or she realized it happened after the fact or whatever. Any pl- anyway, she is in the navigation room and she's refusing to let anybody into the room. And she panics and launches the shuttle. 
But because uh, oh, she's in the shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very important, Danielle. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> My gosh. She's well, like you don't working. need to know, Sam. It's not she's, important no, detail. She, I don't remember. Or why are you bothering me about? Oh, she's in the shuttle, exactly. the most important part of the ship. She's like in the shuttle. She's working on the navigation stuff. So she's in the shuttle, and then they're all trying to get into the shuttle with her. And she's like, "No, I'm not letting you in." And How did like, you know the guy died then? I don't. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> that well, back to square one. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is, she's in there. She panics. She launches the shuttle while she's in it, and they're yelling at her. They're like, "The fuel lines are still intact. You haven't finished everything." And then, as the the shuttle tries to pull away from the ship, the shuttle blows up. Sure. So she dies, but not from Jason. So bonus. Um, she does it from her own ineptitude. <laughs> yes, I, I'd feel bad about that, but she was actually quite an annoying character. <laughs> okay. So people seem more upset about the shuttle than her death, which is kind of funny. <laughs> it makes sense to more upset about the shuttle, Danielle, because that's how they get off of there. She was more a hindrance than a help. Yes, but she was trying to do the navigation for the shuttle. So she was that's being true. helpful at the time. It's just that she panicked for some reason. <laughs> for some reason that we still haven't established. Okay, okay I don't remember. <laughs> So they're arguing about what they're going to do now that the shuttle has been blown up. And Die, probably. Jason appears suddenly. Yep. Of course. And the others... <laughs> So he's like, what are we going to do? And one of the other guys is like, oh, we're going to die. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could have written this movie. <laughs> but as Jason approaches, they're interrupted by Sunaran, who's like, I have a present for you, Jason. And it's the android. And she's in this like what? dominatrix outfit. And she has a ton of like major weaponry on her, like a zillion guns on her body. <laughs> so her survival went up from 12 to 53%. And the way they did that was putting her dominatrix outfit with a bunch of weapons. Yes. <laughs> After presumably having sex. Well, whatever they did, yes. They definitely made out. Okay, great. Makes sense to me. <laughs> so Jason promptly throws his machete at her and she collapses. That was easy. And he walks up to the downed android and she's like, gotcha. And then she machine guns him down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. I know. She's kind of great. So then she does some like flips and some high kicks. And she's wow. clearly enjoying herself. <laughs> and she ends up shooting him into the medical wing. And Jason and her get to this big fight. She gets smacked down. Rotsky appears suddenly out of nowhere. Oh, I guess he didn't die. <laughs> no, remember he was alive in the hallway. They were going to go get help for him. But then he disappeared from the hallway. Yeah, there's one thing to be like barely alive in a hallway. I don't be up and about again. Well, apparently he managed to overcome his multiple stab wounds. <laughs> so Rotsky appears and stabs Jason to distract him, allowing the android to get back up after she fell. And she then takes out a plasma gun, I guess. <laughs> sure. Sci-fi weapons. Love something it. that shoots chunks of him off. So she shoots off his leg and he collapses backwards on a table. That'll do it. Shoots him through the chest over and over again. And he keeps rising and she just keeps shooting him. And she shoots him through the head and it disappears. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How not dead is he? Uh, well, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think this begs the question of like, if a plasma gun can shoot him to little pieces and he's 
theoretically dead could they not cut off his head earlier how does that work does he just regenerate it like a lizard well that's my question is like this is this is a t-1000 argument all over again where they liquid nitrogen the liquid metal terminator and they smash it and it reconstitutes itself like right. at what point like how destroyed doesn't have to be that is invulnerable to be completely destroyed yeah i don't know because they're like assuming he's dead because he's all blown to little pieces but well if he's getting if he has no mass left what's going to regrow his head if he has like no chest because she shot through the chest a bunch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there, there has to be a line, I'd assume. Yeah. Yeah, but if you cut a lizard like tiny little chunks, not going to regrow to a million little lizards. But even those like older like medieval stories and stuff where they had to like bury the parts of the body in separate corners of the world or whatever, because yeah, yeah, otherwise yeah. they'd reunite. It's like it's an old theory. Sure. I don't know, Danielle. Jason just defies <laughs> modern or ancient science. Apparently. So the six of them that are left go to fix Brodsky. Um, they go to like the other section of the medical complex. And as he's getting healed, they realize the collision compromised the hall and they don't have much time left on the ship. Before it explodes or whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Before the oxygen depletes, I guess. Okay. So they then get a call from a ship that has heard their distressed beacon and they can be there in about 45 minutes but the hall breach is going to be in 30 minutes of course yes of course so rowan is like why can't we just go to a part of the ship that's not affected by the hall breach but they say once that part of the ship blows up it'll damage the rest of the ship and she suggests blowing it up prior to that and dislodging it so that they're in like they're not connected to the part of the ship that blows up this is kind of like an Apollo 13 thing where they move to the other module to get out of the damage module. Yeah, kind of. And why couldn't they do that without blowing up themselves? Because when it blows up, it'll be too close and destroy the whole thing? Yeah, according Got to it. them. It'll damage the rest of the ship if they stay connected to it. Okay. So far, so good. She's. I like that it's Rowan that suggests it's not somebody who actually lives on a spaceship. <laughs> right. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so they go off to enact their plan and they're setting all their charges, going to detonate it off. And meanwhile, you realize that Jason fell on one of the regeneration tables <laughs> <laughs> when they blew him back. <laughs> and the computer comes to life trying to read his body. Uh-huh. And the magic vines that I mentioned earlier that like poured over the report over the guy's arm to to yeah. build it again they like climb over his body but the computer reads that it has insufficient tissue to work with and oh it, what a tragedy i know it tries to abort the program but for magic reasons i don't quite understand i don't know if jason's like connected to it or something <laughs> how somehow it's denied the abort is denied so his mind is like i am in control of the computer yeah, I don't now know. <laughs> i have no idea how it works and the computer is told to search for synthetic material to work with for replacement magically. So Jason's like, none of my tissue left to regrow me. Find some plastic or whatever to make me uh, a machine man hybrid. Yes, it's amazing. I love this next it. part's amazing. Okay, okay. <laughs> So the ship jerks and they all fall down and out of the hallway appears a new Jason with metal and plastic and a new face mask and it's just like amazing. <laughs> Mecha Jason. <laughs> Upgraded. Evil has Great. an upgrade. So the android fails to kill him and Jason punches off her head. Oh, <laughs> I liked her. That's fine. She's an android. So I'm Sunar sure it still hurts or maybe she's dead, Danielle. Well, Sunarin grabs her head and runs off with it. Oh, okay. Well, as long as they can still make out. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> So they escape through the hallway and they seal themselves in, but random the random crew member that had the trigger for the charges is, of course, stuck in the hallway with Jason. All right. Just blow the charges anyway, dude. He does. He blows the charges, kills himself in the process. Yep. And Hero. there's 
they're safe once again. Well, so, well sort of. <laughs> get there. So the rescue ship makes it and is setting itself up to join with theirs. But as they go to leave the room they're in, Jason somehow survived and punches his hand through the hole of the ship. Oh, with the upgrade, not only are walls and doors susceptible to him, but so are the holes of ships. Yep, he's outside the ship and he creates this massive windstorm and one of the girls gets sucked through the hole. Ew. But the other three and a half of them make it out. So Brodsky, Rowan, Sunarin, and the android's head are all are you, all still you, you here. You call that a half, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jason climbs through the ship's wall. <laughs> he like just climbs through the hole that he created. Yeah. Well, what else is he going to do with the hole? I don't know. And they make it to the evac door, but they can't get it open. There's not enough power in the ship. And so yeah, no, Bro- it's in pieces. Yeah. And so Brodsky, now feeling much better with his regeneration, suits up and does a spacewalk to divert the power. Oh. <laughs> and Jason's making his way through the ship. They see him coming. And Sunaran's like, oh my gosh, I have this idea. And Is it connects- a space fight? Come on. <laughs> connects the android's head to the computer. Oh, gosh. And they send, as you so rightly suggested, they send Jason into a virtual reality world. So Jason's walking towards them. There's not enough power on the ship to power the door, but there's enough power on the ship to power the virtual reality environment, the simulator? I guess so. I didn't really think it through. (laughs) Okay. We don't have enough power to open a door, but our virtual reality simulator, our holodeck, totally got enough power for that. Yep. I guess so. Maybe it's a (laughs) low-level power thing. (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, Oh, no, Sam. Maybe the android's head gives the power to the virtual reality. But not for the door. I don't know, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write the script. I don't know how the power works on the spaceship. Well, it does anyone else, apparently. <laughs> So they send Jason to the virtual reality world, and what they send him into is basically a mock-up of Camp Crystal Lake in the How 70s. How did they know about that? I don't. It's like maybe it digs through the system for Jason Voorhees. Maybe Rowan gave them information. Oh, I so, got it. I when know. he hooked up to the computer to deny his lack of regeneration, yes. it downloaded his memories or something, even though sure. it was his mother at Camp Crystal Lake and not him. Yes, let's go with that. Okay. But I, I agree. Even my notes were like, why would he know anything about Camp Crystal Lake? <laughs> Valid question. So it seems to confuse Jason, which is like possibly the only time you see him have actual emotions in this movie. <laughs> Fair. That's confusing. But Sunaran gets concerned that Jason saw him at one point, like right before the re- virtual reality stuff kicked on. So they send in some naked co-ed campers to distract him into murder. <laughs> that's probably the most genius thing they've done in this entire movie. It's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> So they get into their sleeping bags and the next scene, it's so good, Sam. The next scene (laughs) is Jason using one sleeping bag full of girl and he's like whacking the other sleeping bag that's still moving. (laughs) So he picked up a a girl in a sleeping bag and used her as a cudgel against another one. Okay. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Love it. Oh my gosh. It was wild. It was so good. (laughs) So they get the door open just as he finishes his murdering somehow. I don't know. Maybe they use the android's power. Okay. Oh, Brodsky was getting the power up and I'm he managed to, say, to do he that. He just like disappeared. He's like, well, I'm, I'm in space. I'm safe. I'm out of here. Right. So Brodsky starts back, but the hole starts to blow some more. And Sunarin and Rowan just make it down the evac tunnel. And Rowan runs back for the android's head, which fell during the breach. Okay. Leave the head, maybe. No. He needs his android head. It's his true love, Sam. You said Rowan ran back for it. Well. 
well, yeah, but that's because she's like, I'll go get it. You keep going. Oh, what? What? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> so Jason's hot on their trail, but Brodsky has made it back inside and he shuts the door to the tunnel. And so he's, you know, stuck on the other side. The rescue ship disconnects the evac tunnel and they watch the ship blow up through the rescue ship's window. And... <laughs> Jason, like, flies through the lens on the does. window of the new ship. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Their eyes get really wide, and Jason's body is, like, flying through space towards the ship. Only he's caught by Brodsky, like, mid-space in the space Oh, go suit. Brodsky! <laughs> and who, like, juts him off into space, and then they start to burn up in the atmosphere. Wait, they're above a planet now? Uh, I don't know. They just burn up in space, Sam. <laughs> what? <laughs> you said, at- all right. Sure. They somehow got above a planet. And now that they're falling out of space, they're burning up. Got well, it. Well, they just should, like jettison into space and then they start to go like, you know, orangey, fiery, and then they kind of like dissipate. Yeah, that's because you need friction. <laughs> know, you need some I atmosphere know. to do that. <laughs> I don't know, Sam. I did not did not write it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Was there all you gotta tell me, was there a planet? Um That's what I thought. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so the movie ends not with that, but with two campers at Crystal Lake seeing a shooting star that seems to land in the lake and they go off to find it. And the last shot is of the mask at the bottom of the lake. So this is supposed to be like a prequel? I'm sure they were like, well, in case we want to do Jason 11. (laughs) What? I thought Earth was uninhabited and they all, uh... I don't know, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, full circle? Uh, this is so confusing. Time is not linear in this movie, I suppose. I guess not. Maybe they went back in time. This is like a Kurt Vonnegut story. <laughs> and so oh that's gosh. the end. The mask at the bottom of Crystal Lake to start the cycle of violence again, trapped forever in an endless loop of Jason Voorhees. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is the most bleak Jason movie ever. <laughs> It was good. I don't know why you didn't watch that movie again, Danielle. It sounds incredible. <laughs> It'd be more fun with the group. Watching it by yourself is not as much fun as it sounds. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It sounds like it's a never-ending parade of what? <laughs> yes, it's exactly that. That's why it's perfect for this podcast. That's why I'm so glad you did it, Danielle. This was great. <laughs> At least the parts you remembered were great. <laughs> My retelling was questionable. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it made the movie more or less coherent. I think this is like a true reaction, though, me explaining my notes, because then I look at my notes and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably how you felt while watching the movie. That's so exactly this is how I felt while watching that movie. <laughs> and you're probably right that all the things I'm asking about were not considered by the movie and would not be considered by anybody watching the movie because you're too distracted by all the shiny explosions and death. Exactly. So it's, it's like it. a magician one. <laughs> with the misdirection. You're asking questions that were never explained. But if they were, people listening, feel free to reach out and let right. us know. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt that we missed something. But on the other hand, what I really want to know is how does that ending make any sense? That's the one part of the movie that I am having trouble suspending disbelief for. Yeah, I actually had forgotten that Earth was supposedly uninhabited, so <laughs> the ending I did not question, but that is a wonderful point, Sam. So if someone could please explain, if someone could draw out the Friday the 13th timeline for how all these movies connect. <laughs> like a treatise. <laughs> or, well, I say treatise, I ask for treatise a lot. I'm asking here for like an infographic. 
<laughs> or like one of those serial killer string boards that ties them all together. Either way, really. If you happen to have a Friday the 13th serial killer board in your spare room, if you could please take a picture of it. And then send to us and then never come anywhere near us, please. <laughs> well, we're hoping it's one that just explains the Friday the 13th universe and not an actual serial killer board. Yeah, we yeah, don't no want to see that. <laughs> But yeah, if you got that, we'd love to see it. You can find us at our website, bookretorts.com. Or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at bookretorts. And if you think that any didn't make any sense, I hope this one does, because we'll see you next time. Bye. Take care, everybody. I should reference. I should. Sorry, I should preface preface this preface preface. (laughs) Take that out, please. Danielle, (laughs) I'm definitely gonna put that in somewhere.